strike up the band. <laughs> this is for some nerds of a podcast. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And uh, glad to have you here. We we got, I think, our audio troubles solved. And Huzzah. Woo! Much less time than last time. And we're happy for it. The ghost of Rush Limbaugh was with us. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, now it's now... actually assaulted all over. <laughs> God. We had was... to excise him from this plane for our audio issues to be solved. <laughs> you know, from from here on out, you know, we'll we'll we will still only have like a dozen listeners, but we will have more listeners than Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> we will be able to say that for ourselves. Oh goodness, yes, oh yes, God. indeed. Do you know what was wild is. So I'm scrolling through Facebook because I'm back on I'm back on the Facebook. <laughs> I back on it again. Uh, like it was, I couldn't kick the habit. Um, so I got back on Facebook and I was like scrolling through NPR, mm-hmm. and um, like I was scrolling through, and like NPR came up and it was like Rush Limbaugh died today at age seventy, and I shit you not, all of the reactions were like heart and laugh. <laughs> nice on NPR, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> like, how do you fuck up that much that the like granola eating white liberals of NPR, like the mild mannered, these are not you know, these are not the 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 this crazy isn't the mob. Chapo Trap House yeah. fans. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. This is like. This is like, I'm going to middle management at my public service mm-hmm. job. I'm driving home. <laughs> Ask me about my grandkids, ass NPR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes, I do. You know, it is stealing if you listen to NPR without giving during the pledge drive. <laughs> like, better swing by Whole Foods from, for some fresh granola before I get home. And it's all like heart and laugh. And I'm like, wow, you did, pissed off NPR listeners. Did you search through the uh, the comments to see how many crab dances there were? <laughs> no, I didn't. I should have. Uh, I think my, I saw a lot of really great memes about that today. But I think my favorite was just a graph. That showed the the Google search like uh, tr- the, the the search demographics for the phrase "crab rave" mm-hmm. and like that spiked <laughs> right after the news of his death came out. <laughs> nice, oh, my God. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's no. it's it's a it's a good day. Like I knew. <laughs> Today was a good day. Today was a good day. Today has got to be the day that Rishlamba dies of cancer. (laughs) God, I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, I was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be happy. And then I saw the tweet about how he used to, like, every time somebody with AIDS would die, he would, like, blow an air horn and, like, celebrate. I'm like, yeah, no, fuck him. Like, we can all, Mm -hmm. like, dance on this motherfucker's grave the, the way that the way now that, a gender neutral bathroom yeah yes the way that i always look at it because like you know the, you get the people that are like oh it's never okay to to celebrate when somebody dies i and i i i think i when i was young and stupid i i also said that but like now i'm like there's a there's a threshold there's a certain <laughs> There's a certain balance of how much authority does this person have 
and how hard do they work to actively make people's lives worse? And if you're beyond that threshold, you know, it's just like, yeah, no, I think it's okay. If you're beyond the zenith of, of where those two parabolas meet on mm-hmm. the graph. Yeah. Then it's, that it's fine. And then like, there's some people who like, maybe it's a gray area. Rush Limbaugh is definitely not oh, in no, the gray no, no, area. No. No, <laughs> like, no, no, no. I think that's one that we can all agree. It's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like <laughs> he was one of the most influential broadcasters of the 20th century and he actively he used that uh, he used that platform to push to make large numbers of people's lives considerably worse. So fuck him forever. Glad he's dead. Exhibit A: <laughs> Everything that's happening in Texas right, right? now. Oh my god! Yeah. Ugh. I swear we're gonna talk about pop culture, and I think we're gonna talk about happier things. But yeah, I, we're talking about—I like, don't know—I don't think we're gonna be top this. <laughs> top how happy we are that Russia. This might are. be the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> like it's—it's it's like this you, in our you, wedding day. <laughs> I was gonna say, was there not something else that made you happy, perhaps within the last two years or so? Coming up, I'm just yeah, saying, coming up on almost two years from it's, now. Yeah. <laughs> Two years next month, we'll have been married. One day we'll actually get to like celebrate an anniversary someplace where it makes sense. Uh, no, we're going to take a socially distant. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Vacation this year. Yeah, that's um, true. I still do owe you a fancy rest, like a fancy like restaurant trip. But all this is over for yeah, the first you anniversary. Yeah, don't you? Because that was the plan. And then it was like, oh my God. COVID started it like was... two weeks before. And it's like, well, we'll just wait for this whole thing to blow over and then we'll go out someplace really nice. Oh my God. Yeah. The curb, curb, your mu- uh, curb your enthusiasm music starts playing. But it was like, I was in the middle of this huge project at work. And this is like, I feel like the, the, the takeaway from all of this needs to be like, stop prioritizing work yeah um because i was just yeah. like it was coming up and it was coming up and i was just like you know as soon as i get through this like this project as soon as i get through this like hump at work it'll be fine you, you know we'll take a breather we'll have an amazing vacation or whatever we'll celebrate we'll really do it up for our first anniversary and then fucking covid happens yeah <laughs> and uh... i was just like oh yeah i guess i've been seeing a lot of memes of like you're not replaceable at home and i was like oh yeah, this is what they meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yep. Anywho, um, I don't know. Has anything else honestly been happening? Like that's that's all I've been thinking about today. Uh, Prince Philip's in the hospital. Hey. <laughs> no, he's not the pedophile. Oh right, he's is not. that Charles? No, yeah, well, no. probably allegedly. <laughs> Um, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew is yeah, allegedly the, the, oh. the pedophile. They're all racist. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, at least they all like none of them stood up for Meghan Markle. They're um, all <laughs> they're all monarchists, and yeah. that's that's enough. Except of a for reason. Harry. Mm. Except for Harry, who was like, "Oh, hey," who just is like, "No, I'll take the money and the fame and the power. I just don't want any of the responsibility." Well, I think also too a lot. I mean, I don't know. I'm not British. I don't really stand the royal family or anything like that. But, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, if if Prince Harry, if Prince Harry can look at his racist ass relatives who did not defend his black wife to the press or anything and like they ripped her apart. 
Uh, if he can give all of that up, you can get into a fight with your uncle at Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? Fair, fair enough. So I, because, so I guess you hadn't heard about what's going on in like British monarchies, Twitter, no um, in the past two weeks not not <laughs> not a not a circle that i'm a part of no not, not what i'm part of either but i do watch youtube videos about british news because yeah yeah uh but anyway um apparently it came out i think a week a week and a half ago not long after we recorded our last one that there's this big scandal that the queen has actually been exercising a lot more power than she's usually supposed to. Oh, I have heard a little bit oh, about what? this. Did yeah. You what? To, to basically like on certain legislation where it's mm-hmm. like, you expect the queen will just like rubber stamp, whatever it is. Parliament does. She'd be like, no, I don't actually like this part or this part, like actually editing it or, or stuff like that. And wow. uh, yeah. And so there's this big, outroar about it in certain circles and uh you know the the number of polls people you know it's like would you support a republic of uh britain and it's like it's going up wow. <laughs> not not past the 50 percent mark but it's especially amongst the uh, millennials and gen z in britain it's it's going cool. up awesome what is but like what is she is it for like the better or is it just it doesn't, doesn't matter because she's not an elected official yeah Okay, she's so like, you know, we don't elected. care what, what direction she's she's pushing. I mean, she's an like, to be fair, person. to be fair, like isn't Boris Johnson still in charge of them? Yeah, he's the the prime minister. I mean, I mean, she probably just doesn't want him to but start how, acting yeah. like Trump. <laughs> Maybe, but it could have also been going on under Cameron and under all the other. And it's yeah. just now coming out. That's true yeah, too. Like. So. She she was actually like, no, we're going to go to war on terror. <laughs> I we really need to like invade. That, w, man. No, that was that was definitely that was all uh, Blair. Yeah, that was all Blair. Yeah. What the Argentinians think they can take our land? <laughs> <laughs> that that might have been her. <laughs> that's that's actually a fair point. Uh, God. Uh, what's uh what's your crinkle in there? Oh, sorry. I, didn't, I guess I guess it's a good uh, good microphone. You know? <laughs> um, Just fiddling with paper. Uh, hey, maybe, maybe maybe one day one day we'll live to see a, gu- a guillotine in Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Is that a tube station? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yes, and also also yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, you mean their version of Times Square or do you mean the tube station? I'm fine with either. I just don't know what she used to wear. <laughs> the whole public execution uh, execution thing is so like 18th century, but execution in a subterranean basement area. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like broke. <laughs> Outdoor public executions. Woke. <laughs> Secret underground executions. No, that's just what we have like, in the yeah, United States. Um, <laughs> I already have that. Yeah, you're, you're speaking uh, of like NPR reporting. I'm sure it'll just be uh, a, a matter of time before that headline comes out about Mohammed bin Salman uh, and in uh you know prince mbs and in, in saudi arabia oh. it's like he's a reformer he's bringing the the he's bringing the mass executions Under. out of the public eye <laughs> what, do you what think a this great means? job wow what do you think this means for 
for Saudi Arabia as a whole. Have you seen their whole um, Zeom project? I, yes, I heard about this shit. I, Wait, oh my god! It was. I in was one listening. Of the fucking po- I think it was on QAnon Anonymous. I can't remember. It was on some podcast. It, I listened it was to. also. It was also on a podcast I listened to, which is um, well, there's your problem, uh, which mm. is all about engineering disasters. But this is this is like a future engineering disaster. In the <laughs> it's one that we all get to watch happen now, and like none of us are engineers, and it's just like no. We're we're watching the train wreck as it's building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Go ahead and explain. Yeah, you want to, you want to take it? No, no, because I, I'm sure you'll do a better job of explaining it to me. Okay, so Neom is essentially there. There's like a small quarter of of Saudi Arabia that's up by like in the the northwest coast by the Red Sea that Mohammed bin Salman was looking at on Google Maps one day, and this is a true story. He was looking on in Google Maps one day and saw, huh? I don't think anybody really lives here. Yeah, I'm going to build a mega city here and we're going to put, we're going to build this mega city in the desert. You know, it's going to be the the place where we're going to prove that Saudi Arabia is a country of the future. And to do this, we're going to have like flying robot, cars. Robot dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs. Yes, we're going to have robot dinosaurs walking around. It, its own moon, I think <laughs> is one of the things. <laughs> That's right. Its own moon. Uh, human cloning. Uh, the <laughs> they don't need a street plan because everyone's gonna have flying cars, and it's just <laughs> when you have more money than sense. Uh, and like the pitch to investors was a lot more subdued, but that was like his own private pitch to to like the royal family and and whatnot. But um, so far they have an airport. Um, and they have an airport. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's like looking at the the plans for it. It just keeps being more and more weird. Uh, and then and then they like revised it. Like it was going to be this giant mega city. Uh, the big controversy is that oh nobody lives here. People live there, live there. and yeah, there's and like a they whole shot bunch of, like, Bedouin tribes that live out in yeah. that part of Saudi Arabia. And and someone like refused to move out of their house, you know, for this construction, and they shot them. Like yeah. it was a whole big thing. Like I think he was live streaming it, but like yeah, no, it, there, it's like the idea is that this new city, this Neom, yeah, is going to be a place that has its own judicial codes. So it's like you're not going to be restricted to you know the. The, sh- the the laws of Saudi so, Arabia. So, so like, like you, you can know. go there and buy alcohol, for exactly. instance. Yeah, but, um, but it's built on the same principles. Um, then then I think they've revised... I don't know if this is Neom or if this is like a subset of Neom that they're planning, but it's a project called The Line. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask if that was the same thing. I think that- it is. I think they decided, you know what? This is stupid. We're going to make it stupider. Um and have a city in a what was it like a twelve kilometer long line, something like that. Yeah, like like one street, one like high speed rail. Then and... all of it is just one city. Oh my yes. god! Did he not watch the defunct land when Walt Disney tried to do this in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> like, not. It's or like Epcot. Or yeah, it is. It is. It's Epcot. It's just. It's it's dumber Epcot. It's it's it's. With it's oil money. With blackjack and hookers, it sounds like. Because I was actually, I was just about to say, like, I think that they were talking about putting it under, like, a climate-controlled dome. And then I'm like, wait, am I, <laughs> am I thinking of Neom or am I thinking of Epcot? And I think it's actually both is the answer. I oh think it's actually oh, both. Goodness. 
which city of the future which also it's like if you've ever read any of the sprawl trilogy from william gibson like neuromancer and mona lisa overdrive like the sprawl is a giant mega city that's just on the the east coast of the united states and it's all just like it's it's urban sprawl from like you know atlanta to new york basically uh and it's I mean, that all, is like the 95 corridor pretty much it's basically just take the 95 corridor and everything that's already there including like um you know just the three just farms ev- that you pass by like everything that's there and just put it under geodesic domes with the idea of being like we can control the weather in here and then like it just sucks and no one can afford to run it so they just <laughs> instead of having that happen it's just well air like like clouds condense inside the dome and sometimes it rains because like it's just nothing actually works in there oh that's great oh my god oh goodness uh yeah that's that's, that would be the reality i love it i'm i'm here for it (laughs) you're ready for the mega cities of the future i'm so ready no Uh, give me that give me that judge dread style future that's that's what i want well it's not too far off where i know we're, 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 we're hurtling towards it at least at least like blade runner looks cool like mm-hmm. our aesthetic is just like what if the early 2000s never ended and then the ipod i, I don't know it's <laughs> it's not gonna be great no it's not gonna be great you know. uh Maybe maybe all the courted the cottage core lesbians will like band together <laughs> and like create like a city state of cottage landia. <laughs> and it'll just like be an agrarian society. Outside the geodesic domes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an agrarian society outside the geodesic domes where like heterosexuality is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just wrote, I just came up with the idea for the next uh, best-selling teen dystopian novel. <laughs> it's the it's the the Midwest lesbian farmers that are taking over that Rush Limbaugh was worried oh, about. Yeah. yeah. Well, they now he's dead and they can- Now he's dead. There's nothing dreams. stopping them. There's nothing stopping <laughs> he was He was the last line of defense. He was the Leonidas holding off the hordes of Midwestern lesbian farmers. But like, listen though, how much? I'm gonna is move land out, out west. In the Midwest? And... <laughs> how oh much God. is land out in the Midwest? Because we had a really disappointing meeting with our realtor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I, I will. I will say this though. Like, I, I don't know how much land. I don't think anyone knows how much land is out in the Midwest right now because it's all under like two feet of snow, from oh, what God. I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's the other news is the weather and yeah. uh, Texas. Which is super sad. Yeah. Um, totally preventable, but yeah. fucking you know, independent fucking... power grid. It wouldn't be yeah. it wouldn't be profitable if we stopped it. And okay, so to one, when I was a kid, I actually lived in Texas. And um and when I lived there, there was an ice storm. <laughs> and we were like, so it is in no way unheard of that this kind of shit happens in Texas. It happens like once every 10 years. I think the last time it was like 2011 um when i was there was like 95 or 94 um so like yeah like it it does kind of happen like clockwork like once every 10 years um that this shit happens and um and and i wanted to say that and then um gofundme's response 
to did you see the tweets from gofundme no i didn't see that oh my fucking god okay so um apparently like monday or late last week um but pretty recently gofundme basically came out and was like every day on our website people are using it to pay for rent and groceries and their heating bills and this is not what we made this site for and mm. Congress, they specifically said Congress needs to do something about this because we cannot live in this kind of society. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? I mean, are you telling me GoFundMe is not the way you're supposed to have to pay your medical bills? I know, and... right? <laughs> they were like, it was supposed to be for like theater projects and study abroad. And <laughs> Like it wasn't supposed to be for healthcare. No. But yeah, like apparently their CEO in recent years has like really been coming out um like pro universal healthcare specifically because he's just like, the fuck you mean my company is like in charge of yeah. funding people's your company like Com- <laughs> like where the most widely used uh, healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Like they're one of the top healthcare providers in the nation. And he's like, this is not, this is not what I made it for. So, um, so it's kind of interesting though, that he's like, no Congress or whoever runs their social media is just like, uh, Congress needs to fix this. Like we can't, Mm. we can't keep doing this, you know, but yeah, like, so I I don't know how that ties into what we were talking about in Texas other than like, like mutual aid and people crowdfunding. And it's like, you know, like people are like, Oh my God. Like there's a lot of people are like, like, well, this is so crazy. Like, who would have thought that this would have happened in Texas? And it's like, like everybody that lives in Texas and has like lived in Texas mm-hmm. for more than like ten or fifteen years could tell you that, yeah, this is this is a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the way that it's intentionally set up, so it's basically on its own power grid, away from the rest of the nation, so it doesn't have to fit federal. Um, like it doesn't have to fit federal guidelines. Holy shit, is that true? Yeah. Oh my god, that's the I reason never why they're so part. fucked. Oh so my god. So they basically god. created. So basically, Texas created its own power grid. If you look at it on a map, it it literally doesn't share a power power grid with any other state. And then El Paso. Mm-hmm. The reason why El Paso has power is because they do. Um, they like yeah. I somehow like they have like a shared power grid. Um. I don't really understand it, but the rest of Texas is basically on its own power grid and they make it so that way. And the state just deregulated power. Um, So they don't have to do a bunch of safety precautions because had they followed the federal guidelines, those people would not be without heat right now. Um, Like they would still have power because there's winterization. Um, There's federal winterization legislation um, or winterization codes, I should say. So there's federal leg- uh, winterization codes that you have to follow when you're when you're on a power grid, and they're just like, no, we don't have to because we're we created our own, um, and like they're fucking there for a reason. Um. The entire rest of the country is divided into two, so like there's an east coast and a west coast, and then yeah. Quebec does its own thing. That makes sense. But like, yeah. Quebec always like from from what I understand from listening to Castle Superbeast is like <laughs> Quebec just will will do whatever it wants however it wants to do it and like it seems to work out for them for everything other than like road construction. Well, they're but, the slightly mm. smarter version of Texas, right? Mm. Like, 
Yeah. French Texas. French it's, Texas. It's, it's French like Texas, if, if, if the, the French did their whole, we're going to colonize Texas thing and it worked. Yeah. But in Quebec. Yeah. It, that's what Quebec um, is. I'm, I'm looking, I actually, someone shared uh, the Decolonial Atlas, which is a, a Facebook group, a Twitter group. It's an online brand, but they, they share a bunch of maps and things like that. And they shared one that has all the different interconnected power grids across the world. Hmm. Um, and it's really interesting to see. And you can definitely see Texas is there between the two East and West United States, Canada ones. What I think is the wildest independent, unconnected power grid is Albania. <laughs> Albania, like the rest of the European Union or and other countries out of the European Union and the Balkans, they're all, all on the same grid. Albania is like, nah, <laughs> we're fine. We have more bunkers than people. We're fine. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Man. Israel isn't expected only their own power grid. Mm. Albania wasn't expecting that. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> Uh, I know you saw this because I think I saw you had shared it earlier, Alex. But oh, yeah. Elise, did you see that tweet from that mayor in Texas? Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my Christ. God, that's horrifying. Right? Why? You share, You talk about it for a second. because So I'm trying to remember. I've, I, I saw where he was from. It was like something like Colorado. Colorado, Colorado City. City. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And was like. Basically, this whole tirade on Twitter about how, like, stop, like, expecting these people to get out there and do things for you. You need to learn how to take care of your families. You're worried about your family not having heat? Figure out how to get them warm. If you're worried about them not having water, go without or go get some. And it's like, like, dude, first of all, A, like, this isn't, like, the Stone Age, you know what I mean? And his, even if his it quote, were, yeah, his quote is only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Yeah. But it's like, first of all, this isn't, this isn't the stone age. We live, we live in settled communities. Second of all, if it were the stone age and that we were going through an emergency, there would be members of the community designated to take care of these things. Yeah. But since it's not the stone age and we live in settled communities and you know, it's a post-industrial society, we have companies that we pay to take care of these things and we've been paying them and you guys deregulated them. So they've been paying through the nose for it. I'm sure. And so, yes, people have the right to get mad when the service they've been paying out the ass for forever does not work. And people start to die as a result. Like, and yeah. <sighs> and, and like the, the news surrounding it was like, he's going off on this tirade about like, you know, the parasites of the underclass and all like this, all this Anne Ryan shit. Uh, but it's like, if the actual situation on the ground is, yeah, like communities are banding together and helping each other out. Like yeah. they're going and checking on their neighbors. They're making sure people have, you know, heating and things like that. They're trying to help out as best they can. But here is mayor Tim Boyd. And why the fuck did you become mayor? Well, no, if you it, had no intention of helping people in your community, it's the reverse. Like this is an example. And I'm sure I, I think I talked about this like weeks ago. Um, but this is an example of um, elite panic. Like when shit goes wrong, the people who have nothing come together to give each other what they're able to like mutual aid just springs up naturally when people need it. Mm -hmm. But the people in power will panic and flip out when things go wrong. The people who have things to lose 
like are the ones who lose their shit. The people who have nothing but their community go out and help their community. This is what always happens in this kind of a situation. And I get that. But like, what was your purpose of becoming a mayor or, or someone like, like I can understand people trying to become like a Senator or someone for like the power trip, but you're mm-hmm. the mayor of a town of like 4,000 people. You, you don't how, think that why are like, you doing that for nothing except what? You don't think that there's these like tiny Napoleons all over the country who are like, I'm the head of this city council and you'll all like crumble under my iron glove. Like, like I guess no, there, there are people like that all over this planet. Like just these small minded little dictators of their own life. Even Napoleon like, emancipated the Jews. Like what the fuck is he doing in his position? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, well, you know, like, or, um, you know, like the, the head of the HOA. That's just like, yeah. your grass is three millimeters too long. Like that, mm. that kind of, it's that same mindset. It's that same shit. Like, mm-hmm. There, it, like this. The, the sad thing is, is that this guy is not unique, but it is kind of surprising to see it kind of so nakedly laid out in the open mm-hmm. like that. Well, apparently he resigned not long after posting oh, good. that. Well, so yeah, fuck he's him. no longer technically the mayor, but that's that's awful. Just the fuck. Yeah. <sighs> well. The good news is that Rush Limbaugh is still dead. That is true. <laughs> like whenever, whenever you're feeling down, <laughs> just remember that Rush Limbaugh is dead, and you're. And not. this, this just in, we are getting word that Rush Limbaugh is still, still in fact dead. dead. <laughs> Feeding worms, pushing up roses. It's probably he's probably being embalmed as we speak. Like there's probably some intern who's wearing a mask, face mask, and it's like, ah, oh, God, I gotta come in. <laughs> to this funeral parlor in the middle of COVID when we're having to burn bodies more than we normally do and like smog up the cities. And here I am preparing Rush Limbaugh's pasty ass corpse for, <laughs> <laughs> for viewing. I mean, you know, you, I'm sure that like drawing it, dicks on it. It's just, yeah. Like... <laughs> gotta have fun with it. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, was there any more news we wanted to talk about? Or, or those are really the... the only news stories that I'm like aware of, right? Well, that and and of course the uh, uh, Joe Biden continuing to underperform as president. Uh, so yeah. today he said he was not going to do the fifty thousand um, dollars of uh, debt relief. Yeah, <sighs> he said that he wanted he he was trying to wait for Congress to do that, which. Okay. Yeah, that's not gonna happen, buddy. <laughs> like, it's not gonna fucking happen. Like, just listen to Liz Warren. Um, but yeah, he was supposed to. They were they were trying to get him to um, to forgive fifty thousand dollars worth of student loan debt per borrower. Um, and of course, because it's Joe fucking Biden, he was like. Nope, can't do that. And it's like, uh, we expected we expected nothing, and we're still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really just my constant uh, feeling towards Joe Biden. It's just like I expected nothing from you, and it's still just yeah. it hurts. Uh, it still hurts. So, uh, anime, anime. 
is what I'm getting at. We should we should avoid the world's problems and retreat back into childhood. <laughs> reject reject modernity. Become oh become not become monkey. wife. I don't know. <laughs> become Saiyan. Um. <laughs> Uh, so I've, I've been watching a lot of anime as is my thing apparently these days. Um, oh as, yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're watching something. You're watching, I'm watching something that's great. I'm watching something that's great. Something that's, eh, and I finished watching something that was great. Um, so which one do you want me to start with? Uh, it sounds like Elise wants to talk about the great um, one. You can, you, why don't you talk about the thing that you finished and then we'll talk about the thing that you started. All right. So I, a couple days ago, I decided to check on Crunchyroll and I was like, oh, I have like five episodes left of Sailor Moon Crystal, you know, that show <laughs> that I usually watch whenever I need to get drunk from work. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pour myself a glass of wine and finish this thing. And I did. And it was great. And I, apparently there's a new, like, uh, it, what's it called? Uh, OAV or OVA, whatever. Um, OVA coming out later this year um, for that two-part movie. So I'm excited for that. Uh, It's been a minute since I watched. How many seasons are there in it being? There are three. Uh, Crunchyroll breaks them into two for some reason. It has seasons one and two in the same Same season. season. That kind of makes sense because I was definitely, I saw seasons one and two and I did not see season three. Okay. Season Um, three is the one with Sailor Neptune, Sailor Uranus, uh, Sailor Saturn. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense because seasons one and two definitely have like that that one arc of like we're gonna liberate the moon and now we're done. So, <laughs> well, and season two was also like the the sec like the the arc where um okay well, the the other the the dark planet was like invading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carcosa. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> um, and like, oh no, they go to the future. That's right. In, in season two, they go, they go to, they go to like a thousand years in the future, and everyone's still alive. And uh, yeah, for some yeah, <laughs> the for lore of Sailor weird. Moon. It's 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 weird, and it's great, and it's like, the, I, I like I liked the lore of Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, it had a it had a good clip. Um, mm-hmm. Like the episodes seem to flow pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there think there wasn't a lot of filler. There is not a lot of filler. I think it does a good job of updating because, as I have seen some of the original Sailor Moon, I didn't watch it when I a lot when I was a kid. I uh, wasn't really super allowed to, um, and so I I only really started checking that out when I was like, you know, I just graduated from high school, I, and I, know I you've saw some that. on. You made that comment before, and I'm sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but you made that comment before about not being able to watch it. And I'm like, what What was the rationale there? Because it's not like, was it Was it just the violence or? Sailor no. Moon turns you gay. <laughs> As clearly obvious by the two women on this podcast. I mean, she's <laughs> like, not wrong, but like, um, okay. So like to talk about that, I have to kind of talk about about my my mom and like her weird thoughts on on anime and not just anime but cartoons in general like (laughs) she sincerely believes and i had a conversation with her and and mom if you're listening you don't listen to this i'm (laughs) um but like she seems to think that every cartoon no matter what it is is like below her 
and mm-hmm. below what should be good for her kids. So like she was trying to get me into just like documentaries and educational things and oh. like you know, read a whole bunch of books and such. And like, yeah, those are great and all. But like I Our was tunes. left out of a lot of the things that my peers were into. And so I was kind of, you know, a little bit shunted in that regard when it came to interacting with people about my age, about pop culture. Uh, and so... Yeah, I, I'm kind of playing catch up for lost time. And so it's it's not so much the violence. It's not so much the fact that it's anime, although she did have a thing about weird proportions. But she also disliked us watching Scooby-Doo, and we still watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whatever. It's That's in the past. What's in the future <laughs> is Sailor Moon. <laughs> Um, a thousand years in the future. A thousand years in the future, yes. Uh, Neo thousand Queen Serenity. I, I, you I, and me, Nagi. <laughs> I, I still don't want to know how, like, uh, Usagi manages to convince the world to, like, make her their god empress. Like, <laughs> do we get that? Is that an arc in the manga? Because... The golden path. It's in uh, Children of Sailor Moon. Usagi, not Unagi. I'm sorry. Unagi is like a type of sushi or something. Yeah. Oh. Unagi is also the monster, one of the, like the monsters from Avatar. Yeah. It's like the the water monster that's uh, yeah. off of Kyoshi Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. God damn it. You know what? She's kind of a bitch sometimes. We can call it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, like, I, I, so I watched it when it first came out. The um, original or Crystal? Crystal. I watched Crystal. Crystal when it first came out, and so I didn't. I didn't read. I didn't watch the anime more so just because it was hard to get a hold of. Um. So unlike, so my sibling, my one of my older siblings was like super into anime, and mm-hmm. so they got me into into anime as a result. Mm-hmm. And so I had wanted to watch Sailor Moon, but kind of the message that I got was like, oh, it's it's really heavily edited. It's not as good as, um, you know, like it's, it's not as good as the, the dub, the Americanized They're dub. Cousins. Isn't as good. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Don't a bunch worry. Of, like, like that. And so what I got was like the hipster, like, Oh, you have to watch the original, but like, I'm never going to try to find you a copy of the original. Cause it's not that important <laughs> to me. And so, um, so I never watched it, but I did read a bunch of the manga. Mm-hmm. Like I read, I think like the first fifteen volumes of the manga or oh, something. Oh goodness! Do you still um, have those? No, I like borrowed them from a friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> or else I would let you borrow them. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I borrowed them from a friend, and then they got like super. It was super hard to find at anime conventions because it was like they would they would sell out or like they would only have they wouldn't have the early volumes. They would only have the later volumes, and so mm-hmm. it was just kind of one of those things that I missed. And then a couple of years ago, with my friends that I typically watch anime with, they were like oh yeah like uh sailor moon crystals going coming out um do we have any interest in watching it and so we ended up watching the first two seasons and then the third season we were kind of like lukewarm on and so we we ended up not watching it but i I might go back um if you're saying that it's good i might go back and and watch it so it's like i'm like half remembering um i'm like half remembering sailor moon crystal and like trying to compare it to the manga which the mangas are typically like even more bloated than the animes. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you go back and run... Um, spoiler alert for the second thing that you're going to talk about. No. Um, which I guess we'll 
is now a good transition or did you have sure yeah we we can transition out of that it's fine so because i know the the other thing you're watching is utena Mm -hmm. um revolutionary girl utena which is the show that instead of growing up with sailor moon i ended up growing up with utena um and i read and i ended up reading the manga and the manga is like way more shit happens in the manga (laughs) Oh goodness! Um, so like, if and a lot of shit happens in the in the anime too. And a lot of shit happens in the anime. So, um, so you say, oh, I guess we're gonna talk <laughs> about. Oh God. Utena, Utena, I don't Utena. know. Utena, yeah. So Nick, do you know anything about Revolutionary Girl Utena? I know the basic premise, and I know one of the girls turns into a car in That's the movie, in the movie <laughs> for some reason. That's in the movie, yes. <laughs> I didn't know, know that. Oh, sorry. Tell me, tell me, tell me the basic premise, Nick. I want to hear what your thoughts as an it, outsider. It, is. It's an academy of like, like heroes and princesses in training. Is, mm, yeah, just keep of, no, no. Just keep going. Just keep okay. saying stuff. Okay, where it's like you've got like. They're all like people who are going to either be the damsels in distress or the per- people who rescue them. You're you're really hitting on the subtext. You're not at all near subtext. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like the subtext is more important, right? And then there's the I, one, there's the one girl who's like, I don't want to be the damsel in distress. I want to be the hero. Yeah. And so she like mm-hmm. there's there's some sword fights. Yeah. And the princess girl turns into a car at some point. Oh my god. And that's really <laughs> reason. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh, that was that was so bad. Yeah. That was uh-huh. such a bad description. But it was accurate, yeah. right? Like, like I said, oh, you really kind of. Hit, you really hit on the subtext of the of the anime. Um yeah, the actual plot, not so much. All right, Alex. It's, since you've, it's you've the one re- where it's the one where all the all the powers of World War Two are like handsome young men, oh right? My God, shut no, up. no, that's <laughs> I know. I'm that's that, no. That. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. Um, okay, so Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. Like it is in a school. You got that part right. Ooh. Um, I don't think everyone is in it is like royalty. Like they have very fancy uniforms. It's a very fancy academy, and they're just really like that. rich. They're so, just really rich. But sorry, can I jump in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a detail, I apologize. Mm-hmm. So a detail that you would know if you had read the manga. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm only like on episode twelve. Okay, so that's where I'm at. Um. So the idea is, it, okay. So something that was cut out of the anime, but that's in the original manga, is this idea that, um. It's in Switzerland. I okay. Um, but it's it's an international academy. It's an international academy, so you're getting people from all over the world, and it's like okay. the creme de la creme boarding school. Okay. Um, so all of these people, and that's kind of like the deal with like Toga and Nanami. It's like not only are they, not only are like they creme de la creme, like they're even richer than all of these rich kids that go to there. And um, Utana is basically a financial aid kid. Um, So that's one of the other reasons why she's an outsider is Mm -hmm. like she gets to go because like her aunt, who is not really that much of a character so much as to just kind of explain like why, why this girl from Japan is, is at this like elite school somewhere in Europe. 
Um, and that's also why, like, a lot of the, um, if you look at, like, the architecture, it's very, like, influence yeah it's very european influence because that's that's like what they're one of the ideas that they're trying to get across um but like she gets there because the she gets to go there because like her aunt who's her guardian like works somewhere in the in in the boarding school and can Mm -hmm. get her in for free um so that's that's the deal like like she's an outsider i think in the anime they try to make it seem like she's kind of like a sports scholarship kid um, but you're supposed to get the sense that she is not, she is not like these other people. She is not mm-hmm. like the other kids that are in yeah. the school. But as, as the anime will repeatedly tell you, uh, once there was a princess who was very sad because her parents died and then a prince came and cheered her up and gave her a ring and said, you can use this ring to find me someday. And that girl was Utena and that prince hasn't appeared yet in the anime, but I'm sure it's coming soon. Um, but so she goes to the school. She has one best friend, Wakaba. Wakaba? Wakaba, yeah. Wakaba. Um, who, like, is very clearly, like, in love with her. Uh, and she is introduced to the, the student council, who is the whole thing. There's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know all the stereotypes about uh, student councils in anime? <laughs> they all came from this anime. The, these these characters are are okay. So so what is it? There's there's Toga. There's uh, Mickey. Mickey. Um, there's Juri. Yeah. And uh, fuckface. What's his name? Shin, Shinji. No. Uh, oh, it starts with an S. Uh, Seonji. That's it. Seonji. Yeah. Seonji. Yeah. Um, and they're all hanging around uh, Anthe, who is the Rose Bride. And nobody explains to to Atena who the Rose Bride is, but fuckface Seonji decides to uh, slap her, and uh, then she like gets Utena involved, and and then there's like because Utena is the prince who's going to yeah, be. She's go- She's the prince. She decides that she doesn't want to wait for this prince to show up. She is going to be the prince. Uh, and she decides to save uh, Auntie. 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 Antony. It's like. A- yeah. It, it, Anthy. That's it. A A N T H Y. Anthy. Uh, it's like Anthony, but without the N. Um, apparently it's Greek. Apparently it's a Greek name, which I didn't know. But. Um... Like I said, it's supposed to be an international school. <laughs> Yeah, but then like she challenges a uh, fuckface to a uh, duel, and they go to the place that people have duels at the school, which is in this giant like domed forest, which is on top of a mountain. Yes. Uh, and then every time they go up to this place, and this happens multiple times, uh, they play the most badass metal yes. music. Yes, they do. <laughs> And as she, I timed it. It's like it's a minute and forty seconds long for her to walk up these stairs. Every single time, every time they go to the dueling arena. But there's also once per episode, there is the appearance of the uh, Greek chorus of shadow people. Yes, the shadow girls. The The shadow. they're, They're kind of there to represent the gossip of the school. Um, or to be, well, it's like, it's really, <laughs> it's a Greek chorus. Um, it's, it's up for debate. It's up for okay. debate what the shadow girls, um, symbolize. So some people kind of see them as like 
they're like the scuttlebutt. Some people see them as like they're the Greek chorus. They're supposed to be like, you know, because there's a lot of uh, theming around Utena that she is this kind of tragic hero, mm-hmm. um, you know, that she has this kind of flaw that is eventually going to to come back and bite her. Yeah. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah, so she challenges Fuckface to a duel and wins and somehow wins being the being engaged to Anthe. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, what the fuck? I don't want this. And and the whole thing is about like getting to know what the hell is going on. And Anthe is like clearly a traumatized person who yeah. probably for being the Rose Bride and can manifest a sword out of oh, herself. Oh, yeah, that's the tip of the iceberg of her trauma, but keep going. Yeah. You'll yeah, find out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. This is going to be so sad, isn't it? By the time oh, I get to like episode 40. No, you should keep watching. I, I'm going to, but it's like, <laughs> this is, is going to be real sad, isn't it? Is it like, okay, so on a, on a scale from like, like, like mid Steven universe to like end of Evangelion, how traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having not seen either of those, um, I couldn't say. between oh it's like somewhere in the middle maybe closer to the steven side okay um i mean i am assuming that you're thinking the end of evangelion is like super traumatizing with like all of your favorite characters dying well they don't really die but yeah well i mean like in terms of in terms of just all the fucked up shit that happens towards the end of that show. And oh like no, then it's, the it's way further towards that then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, it's way closer to like the end of Evangelion. Uh, this show, <laughs> this show is, I would call it very like schizophrenic in like it's tone sometimes. Like sometimes it's all about, I will fight for my ideals and the love and, and, you know, human autonomy and things like that. And, and we're going to stand up for against these unjust power structures or whatever, or just to live. And then other times it's like kooky hijinks where Anthe's like so bad at cooking that her explosive curry switches Anthe and Utena's bodies. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, yeah. What the fuck is oh going on? Oh my god, on? you haven't gotten to the elephant episode, have you? No, that is the elephant episode. Oh, I that's think the elephant episode. Like, no, it's, it's not. because because Wait, is it? um because Nanami has to go to India yes! to try to find the curry and every time it cuts to her in ridiculous more and more ridiculous situations, elephants will just show up out of nowhere to fuck oh her god, up. And it, it's like what am, am I watching the same show? Yes. Like, what the fuck is you happening? Are. It's so good. So I was I was talking to to Elise about this. It's like I think this show could really benefit from a Sailor Moon Crystal esque no. reboot. I mean, it it's not bad. And the original Sailor Moon Crystal, the original Sailor Moon isn't bad. It's just there's like almost forty episodes in this season in like this show. There's like, there's like, what is it? 38 episodes. And you get, you get episodes like that where it's like, this, this doesn't really, it doesn't, it it doesn't really affect the plot. It doesn't really introduce more aspect to the characters. Like it doesn't like, it, it doesn't really do a whole lot. It's just like wacky hijinks. I, I wouldn't say that I don't like that, but I would say that it would be a perfect show to try to market again. 
and like to try to update and and also it's like it's from 97 so the and the, it wasn't it was clear that they had some budgetary restraints um yeah because yeah. like there's a lot of reused footage there's a lot of you know still shots and things like that so it, it could definitely 39. benefit 39 it's 39 episodes 39 yeah okay, so Should yeah we watch it? oh my god i have been trying to get to nick to watch it for years <laughs> so for years yeah it's and years and he's refusing it's, it's on refused. it's just that, like i don't know we're gonna it's on it. funimation it's on funimation both the dub and the sub um which one have you been watching i've been watching the dub okay uh, fair. but um i accidentally the reason i started was i saw it was on sale on youtube uh, it was like five bucks for the whole series on YouTube. Hmm. Oh my god! Okay, okay, sorry. And I have, so I have an aside when you are done. I have an aside okay. when you are done. Okay. So like, I bought that, and I was like, "Well, yeah." And now that's on YouTube. I, I, it was like it was the it was the subs, and I was like, "Well, I bought that, and I I guess I'll have that forever." But it's also streaming on Funimation, and I already pay for Funimation, so I might as well just watch it on Funimation in the dub instead of watching it on youtube but i you know i have it and yeah. i don't know if there's a way for me to gift that to someone but if i can i will if you want to okay. watch it um well yeah or if, unless you have it maybe you have it um, so okay okay so your so side stories about being alive in the early 2000s and going to anime conventions okay um so utana kind of okay she she is like one of the big magical girl animes of the of the 90s right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but she always kind of lived in sailor moon's shadow you know yeah like yeah. she she was she was always like the like the christina aguilera <laughs> to 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 sailor moon's britney right um so what was kind of wild was that you could purchase something okay so they did them in dvd sets and the mm -hmm. first DVD set contains something like 12 episodes or like 20 episodes. I don't know. It's like a stupid number of episodes mm -hmm. um, that are on the first, the first and second DVDs. Mm -hmm. And then what they decided to do, because they realized that people would just pay through the fucking nose oh, for these goodness. DVD sets. Yeah. Um, they started. So like the first, you could get like the first however many episodes it was. It wasn't 20 because that's too many, but it was, it was a good number of episodes um, that you get on the first disc for like 20 bucks, but everything after that, they broke it into arcs. And so they broke the last, um, the last set, a number of seasons, I think into three arcs, two or three arcs. And each arc cost something like 60 or 70 bucks. Oof. Like but, in uh, early 2000s. That's still, it's still a so thing that... in order to get all of, all 39 episodes, and remember, it's only 39 episodes, in order to get all of them, you had to pay well over $100. Like, like, you, you had to, you had to be willing to, one, drop some change, and two, fucking find any dealer room that would have it mm -hmm. by like Sunday afternoon. Right. Because it was, we, it was one of those things where it was super popular. And so, um, and one of the few ways that you could get your hands on it was through DVDs. And, um, so it was, it was just one of those things where it would like, it would sell out very quickly and yeah. And you were forking over. And so I think I own, I think I own the first DVD set and maybe the first arc 
Um, but I never completed my DVD collection of it. And then by the time, you know, I was an adult with money, everybody had switched over to Blu-rays and like nobody gave a shit about like completing these DVDs. And then I was like, oh, you want to watch Utena? It's like $5 on YouTube. And I'm like, I spent <laughs> so much money <laughs> trying to collect these DVDs. Like I spent, and it was, it was like a joke. Like it was like a running it was a running joke with like other mm-hmm. people who watched anime in the early 2000s about like trying to get these fucking Utena DVDs because it was like, yeah, you were paying like 60 bucks for like six episodes. Jeez. Like yeah. it was, it was insane. So now I'm like, as like a grown ass woman, I'm like, I could have this mm-hmm. for <laughs> you five this. fucking dollars. Now you could own this in a digital copy that's like at the whims of YouTube. Yeah. But that's yes. true. That is true. Um, I, I oh, went ahead and oh. sent you a link on that YouTube. I, I don't, because okay. I already own it. I don't know if that deal is still on, uh-huh. but like if it is still on, you should pick it up. So it's it's just there. I think I might. Um, uh, um, I really want to force Nick to watch it because I just, <laughs> I like it's, really, it's so good. It's so much about it is about like gender roles mm-hmm. and it's about, it's a lot of like. There's a lot um, of gay yearning in it. And... Oh, yeah, there's so much gay yearning. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are there no straight female characters. Um, except for anatomy and who there are mm, anyway. Um, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't want to talk, talk about, about that. But, um, uh. but yeah, like. You know, and, and and kind of one of the ideas with Utena is that she doesn't, you know, she's 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 like living in Sailor Moon's shadow. But mm-hmm. one of the things about her, I think, is, you know, she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be this like princess, right? Yeah. And kind of like your options in a lot of it is like, supposedly. I mean, this is also like things that I'm half remembering from like several you know, several panels that I went to about Utena being like, tell me, tell me about Utena, revolutionary girl, you know, me and my like early <laughs> 2000s teenagerdom. Um, but one of the things that was kind of brought up was this idea of like in Japanese folklore, women, and I mean, that's not really unique to Japan, right? The Madonna whore complex, right? Or like in, in mm-hmm. Japanese folklore, it's often like the princess and the witch, right? And it's like, she's not a witch like she has magical mm-hmm. elements but she's not a witch and she refuses no. to be the princess so like yes. what is she gonna be and um she's gonna be the prince you know mm-hmm. uh and like a lot of the language too is very a lot of the language is very poetic so i'm kind of interested in how the dub is um because did you not watch the dub or did you I watch knew. the sub? I watched no? one okay. episode of the dub and it really bothered me that it's the same voice actress who plays Misty in Pokemon. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. You mentioned that. And I yeah, said, oh, yeah. I, well, I hadn't seen Pokemon, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, so like it didn't bother you. Um, yeah. But that, it really, really bothered me. But if you watch like the sub, a lot of they use a lot of metaphorical language um, to describe what's going on. And they use a lot of like kind of poetic devices. Um, to talk about Utena's life. And so I'm kind of interested in the dub because I feel like that grounds it mm. <laughs> a little bit. Because it's one thing to like watch a bunch of images and feel like you're reading poetry. Um, yeah. Especially when like the student council starts talking about how like we will be 
Oh yeah, no, every time, every time they go up the fucking elevator. Every time they go up the fucking elevator. God, I love the elevator. If the chick does not break out of its shell, it will die. We are the chick and the world is the egg. I feel like if somebody's saying that in a language that I understand, I'm going to be like, oh my god, this is like over the top and melodramatic. It is, it is, holy shit. But if you're reading it, if you're like reading it, right, (sighs) if you know, if you're like, oh, I'm like reading this this book of poetry as I'm watching all of these visuals go on, I think you have a very different relationship um, um, to that material. And it's kind of interesting because I feel like I feel like, you know, the sub versus dub war used to be like a really big thing. And mm-hmm. now it's kind of not. And I think one of the things is like they've just kind of gotten better at translating and there's more communication between the studio and what they're trying to say. And um, you know, the studio in Japan and what like what the, what are the writers trying to get across and like the American actors. And so I think there's just more um conversation going on and so it just makes more sense. Whereas like, you know, I'm like I'm like thinking about those lines and I'm like, I would hate, I would hate to hear someone like say like and we will crack the world's shell. Like, you know, yeah, no, they do that every like time teenage... they go up the fucking elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would hate to hear a teenager <sighs> voice. I feel like that would really take me out of the show. Um, but reading it, I was just like, oh, this is the coolest shit ever when I was like probably too young well, to be yeah. watching it. Um Well, it's it's voice actor teenagers, so it doesn't sound that bad. Right. But it's yeah. It, uh, goodness. No, it's it's weird. Like, what the fuck is up with Mickey timing everything? What is he timing? Why does he have the time? Is that explained? Because um, he has the stopwatch and he's like stopping the watch the every movie? conversation. No, you I must mean, have good because you watched this the episode where they all study together. Yeah, yeah, and like he he's got the piano and his whole deal with his sister and all that. That's explained, but yeah. the reason why he times his conversations with people not explained. I, I, I don't remember because it's been a long okay. time and it's <laughs> definitely and definitely those first episodes I know really well because I own the DVDs. The other ones I had to like scramble and i don't even mm. know if i like watched the last episode or if i just read the wikipedia summary of it <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest because like i said like these were these were pretty rare not like rare dvds but they were hard to get a hold of they're expensive DVDs, yeah, yeah they were expensive and um and so because of that it's like um where was I going with this? I don't remember if it gets fully explained, but I think the idea is just like, he's a very like uptight nerd. Um, <laughs> he like has to have things in a very like precise way. Um, and sort of like, that's the other thing too. I think you're supposed to get the sense of like, none of them deserve to revolutionize the world because they all have some kind of fatal flaw um, mm-hmm. that's holding them back. And I think that's the thing you're supposed to pick up on with Mickey is that he's too controlling. Mm. Um, and I think that's why they, they do the, the stopwatch. Um, I think that's what the, the stopwatch is supposed to symbolize. Again, there's just, so he, there's Mickey's just a too lot controlling. of like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, so Mickey's too controlling of, and yeah. too like uptight. Uh, jury like is too apathetic and, yeah. and doesn't really care. Yeah. Sanji's a fuck face. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Toga is Toga like, is prideful. He's oh, is that okay. I yeah, was gonna so say I yeah, I, I don't like him and I can't explain why, but yeah. fuck him. Yeah. No, no, no. Your 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 instincts are right. You should not like yeah. Toga. No. Um Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. It's 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 really heavily reliant on symbols. 
um, mm-hmm. to get its point across. It's it's heavily reliant on on poetry. So yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it would be like if you rebooted that. And then I'm... and I think that was a lot of the reason why a lot of those kind of sillier episodes, filler episodes are in there is because, you know, you gotta relieve the tension. Cause like like otherwise it's just it's just middle schoolers hacking the shit out of each other. Yeah, the the sword <laughs> fight. So I think I, I mentioned something about like the sword fights could be like revitalized a little bit. And I'd only seen like two, the first two duels at that point. Uh, and now that I've seen more, I was like, okay, yeah, those first two duels are kind of lame, but the they get better. Yeah. Um, I think one of the big things that I'm having gripes with, or not gripes with, but like problems with, is while the show is dubbed, the dubs, at least the version that I'm watching, still puts translations for the music yeah so like the every time there's a duel they have an epic song that's playing but every time i'm trying to watch the action of the duel there's also subtitles not just in english but also in romanji so it's like it's filling up a good like yeah a good like 17th of the it's like a big chunk of the screen is this this text it's like i'm trying to watch the action and you're forcing me to try to read the song. And it's like, I guess the song is important. I should be paying attention, but I want to see the sword fights too. Because everything um, has meaning. <laughs> everything that's your new tenna means something else. Nah, ah, 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 ah. You have to figure it out anywhere. Um. The absolute <laughs> destiny apocalypse. Um, yes. Well, I'll figure out what that means eventually, but I'm stuck. Like I said, I'm still at thir- 12 episodes. Your absolute in. destiny is apocalypse. They make it very clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, layers upon layers. Welcome, yeah, Bobby. At, at Onion Princess. Point, I'm sorry. At some point, I just want to know is like, or what people saying, like these highfalutin things, do they mean something? Or are all these like characters just talking out of their butts? You'll have to watch to find out. I will. And we're going to talk about it more of it later once I do. But Oh, um... God, we have to rewatch it. We have to rewatch it for uh, for, <laughs> for, for our podcast. next episode of the podcast. We're going to put a pause on our Futurama rewatching and we're going to do this. Uh, but we're so almost done with Futurama. We're so close to being <laughs> Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. Oh, God. <laughs> This is your absolute destiny is watching you turn up. I, I will say the um back to the topic of like anime being um like super expensive, that never went away. We just like stopped caring because Yeah, we stopped buying DVDs. Exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, because just, just stop buying print media and you'll be fine. But like if you if you wanted to like say keep up with My Hero Academia oh my as God. it was coming out on Blu-ray, like I just looked it up just to see. Like season one is like twenty five dollars right now, which is you know for for a set of Blu rays not bad. Part two of season four, if you can get your hands on it, is fifty bucks. Ugh. So half of season four, fifty dollars. So like again, if you're keeping up with it as it came out on Blu ray at this point, you probably would have spent in excess of like six like like a two hundred dollars on just uh on just my hero now that being said the new blu-ray set of uh paranoia agent which is only 13 episodes i think but that's 40 bucks and that's satoshi Kon, so it's absolutely worth the money i'm looking at so like there's a show that i've really watched and i've talked about before it's umineko when they cry mm-hmm. and like the blu-ray for that for volume one 
is on Amazon $249. Good grief. Uh, <laughs> hey, go to... Two- Go check out to see uh, how much a box set of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion costs. Uh, I I don't want to look for that up. You <laughs> tell that, me. That shit's out of print. <laughs> uh, um, I, I mean, this is out of print too, which is why it's so pricey. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's too much. But then only the super fans that are willing to go into debt to do it are buying it. And so yeah. it's less and less of a hindrance to actually observing the, the media. Oh, um, someone's selling their platinum perfect collection of Evangelion for $32. Maybe. Oh wait, no, never mind. It's just disc one. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that shit, that whole box set. Like I spent $99 for that at a convention back in the day. And I thought that was pretty good. Oh no, that's just the first disc. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, was that all that we wanted to talk about Utena for now? Cause I know, like I said, I haven't finished yeah, it. I haven't no, got even halfway Nick- through. I'm going to make Nick, I'm going to make Nick watch it. And then we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it in our next We'll do like, oh, we should, ah, oh, I have an idea. Okay, sorry. I have an idea. Maybe we'll like tease <laughs> about it later. But um, anyway. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be great. I, I always enjoy when we all watch something and can talk about it. Yeah. See, um, you would make Alex very happy, Nicholas, <laughs> if you were to watch the Utena. So don't uh, use so my you excitement as guilting. Will you watch it? <laughs> so uh, Evangelion. Have you heard? The, have you heard? Have you the, heard about? Have Utana? you heard? Have you heard? Heard about Utana? Go, go to a fun review. <laughs> no, no, it's the Shadow Girls. Oh. Um, <laughs> so the the platinum box set <laughs> of, of Neon Genesis Evangelion <laughs> that I own that I bought a, at a convention for ninety nine dollars is selling on eBay now for $899.99 plus $4 shipping. Oh my god. That's amazing. That's a brand new one. There's another there's another new copy that's only 280 and a pre-owned for 186. Damn. So, you know, anime it, it appreciates better than like your stock portfolio. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah um or you could like buy gold. it's like gold it's resistant to the, the shocks of the market um <laughs> or you could pay for a month of uh netflix and watch the entire series on there plus the movie which is not in the box set i guess what we're saying is uh anime invest DVD in box anime. sets uh have inherent value <laughs> yeah unlike money Un- yeah unlike gold <laughs> Like really, what we should do is we should base our entire uh, um, the American Treasury off of copies, <laughs> copies like, of Evangelion. Yeah. Yes. No, and not any right. anime, just even yeah, just, just Evangelion. Evangelion copies. <laughs> it's like, it's like you roll up the you, someone like like someone rolls remake, up the Fort Knox. Yeah, I was gonna say remake Goldfinger, go, like go, go into Fort Knox, and there's just like. Ten copies of Death and Rebirth in there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Put us in charge of the government, cowards. <laughs> Do it, Biden. We dare you. Oh my oh god! My god yes. Have you gotten to walk about? That's the... not. Oh, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. I was just gonna walk, say, walk like, have yeah. you gotten to to walk about the the Onion Princess? I mean, 
she it's been mentioned that she is like an onion princess but like okay. she's like, they explain like, that and they explain that more explain than the stopwatch um okay <laughs> It's like, oh, I have such a big forehead. Yeah, it's because you're an onion princess. And then they just cut and they don't talk about it for, for <laughs> until now. Um, no, she she actually, the episode I watched recently, she had a major role in it. I was yeah. like, I was expecting her to be kind of like um, Molly or whatever her Japanese name was in, in Sailor Moon, where it's like she's originally the character's best friend and then she like disappears from the show after like the the true friends make appearance no she's still she's still in it um and like in the episode where um where utena has to to win back the the second duel against toga basically um and like wakaba's like you're not you you need to be you and cool and yeah yeah. and so it's like yeah she still plays a major part but that's as far as i've gotten that's the episode that i just ended before we started recording was okay um the one where she has her second duel with toga Um, excellent oh my god i cannot wait i am so excited for this (laughs) if we don't do it i will cry (laughs) i will cry like wakaba cries we need to finish evangelion are you gonna jump on nick like wakaba jumps on we're never uh, gonna finish evangelion I mean, because half of the shit doesn't even exist in america we need to just yeah. read no stop it stop <laughs> taking drama. shut up you're taking my joy jojo's you're taking my joy and you're throwing <laughs> it down the drain and i'm actually doing something suggesting something like we've outvoted you Nicholas. okay <laughs> all right if this podcast was was representative democracy we we've outvoted you i mean i guess if it was representative democracy you'd be like fucking. you'd have like 50 million electoral yeah. votes but Sorry. fuck you my one but vote my, counts my, <laughs> Shut up. my district has a has a representative and y'all two's district has a representative so they can vote on it mine votes they yours votes yay all right it's a tie oh my god we're and that's how democracy works we're watching Utena. We're watching Utena. All right. I look forward to I look forward to hearing your thoughts, Nick, because I think you would really have have thoughts that you'd need to share about this. <laughs> We're not um, gonna say that you would enjoy it. We're just gonna say that you have thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> you have <laughs> So it's not the only show that I've been watching though. Um okay. because I so I tried to share uh Utena with my sister. Um that was one of the reasons why I was watching the dubs, is because yeah. she's better for for watching dubs and subs um but she didn't care for it like she watched the first episode and she's like eh, it's not for her um but what she's been sharing with me is um or on high school host club oh my god no yes <laughs> um yeah <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> i have watched that's, all of that that's the right every single one of those episodes that's anyway. the proper response elise um <laughs> is no but also i've seen all of it <laughs> i haven't seen all of it yet um I, I don't know exactly what episode i think we're on like 10 or something like that oh my god but um yeah that's that one i it's weird but it's like So, as a trans person, <laughs> just, yeah, and that statement, and what the are your there, that's all you need to say. Uh, yeah, it's like I kind of get it, but then I kind of like 
what are you trying to say? Because like, if you're unfamiliar with, why don't you explain it? You've seen all of it, okay. and and I did my best to explain Revolutionary Girl. You would do your That's best, true. To explain and that is much harder um, to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's much harder to explain, Utena. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Oran High Host Club, um, much like Utena. So you have the. It takes place at a um, at a private school um, with really fancy uniforms. Um, the, as most anime does. As most anime does, and um, some anime takes place in the public. What school. is the main character's <laughs> name? Uh, let's let's look and see. Um, okay. Cause okay, so the main character is a scholarship kid, um, as they are Haruhi. as they are want to be in an anime. Haruhi, it's Haruhi. Haruhi, Haruhi, which mm-hmm. apparently is a gender neutral name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important later. Okay, because yeah, I was gonna say like like Haruhi Susumiya. Yeah. So so Haruhi is the um is the main character. They are um, they're a scholarship kid to this really fancy private school for like all of these super rich kids um and they end up oh, much like utena much like utena it, it is kind of like utena is like they're very they're weirdly similar right <laughs> they're, they're weirdly they they rhyme it's like poetry they rhyme yeah exactly <laughs> um so harui but harui like definitely has is a much more grounded <laughs> and thoughtful character um mm-hmm. but so they're they're trying to find their way to the library so that they can study so they can keep their scholarship yada yada yada. They end up on the school's host club. So you are a nerd, you know what a host club is, right? Right, Nicholas? Yeah, I've seen episodes of the show when you watched it last time. Oh, okay. So I'm you- explaining this to the to the audience. Um okay, so nerds, you know what host clubs are, but just in case you don't, it's this thing in Japan where you can go and basically like pay for someone to hang out with you and have coffee with you for like a couple hours. Um, and so because the school has like no rules, um, they let a bunch of boys start a host club and that's their extracurricular activity and (laughs) which just, okay. So she, so they end up breaking a vase, a very expensive vase. And the host club is like, well, you can, you can work it off. You can, you can work off your pay. And they all kind of become, and the big reveal at the end of the episode is Haruhi is actually a girl because they've been wearing a boy's uniform this whole time because they just don't really they don't really care if they're frilly dresses and um and they didn't know it was like against the rules or anything so they're just like yeah no i'm i'm a girl and so it becomes this big secret they're like well we can't have a girl in the host club that would be weird so um haruhi dresses in drag and becomes a host to try to pay off their debt to these obscenely rich um boys that their extracurricular activity is having a host club um it's great it's a great anime and by great i mean it's kind of terrible and oh god oh god there's so many other things too isn't haruhi's dad have you have you learned about haruhi's yeah. dad yet we just watched that episode. Oh, um, god. that was the episode where my sister was like looking at me all excited and i was like Uh, oh no because haruhi's dad is a crossdresser and uh they they keep using a lot of uh unfortunate uh, unfortunate language let's leave it at that yeah um i don't think they delve into slur territory do they they do 
fuck. At least once, yeah. Okay. So it's um not great. Yeah. And like and like I don't know how how you're supposed to read um Haruhi like gender wise. Like I read them as kind of gender fluid cuz like yeah. They'll present as 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 a girl, they'll present as a boy. They'll use both pronouns when presenting and like doesn't seem to bother them any. Um They're they're kind of I don't know. They're more like not that I'm trans, but I think of it as more of like they're a non-binary in the sense of like they just don't care about gender. Have you mm-hmm. you've like yeah. met non-binary people like that, right? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Just like yeah. I just want to be seen as a person. I don't really want to be seen as like a gender either way. Yes. Um, but because yeah. Harui is kind of an opportunist, mm-hmm. um, and you're supposed to get the sense that they're very like, and that, and I feel more comfortable. I feel more comfortable using they them pronouns with with Haruhi as a character. Same, but, same, yeah. Um, but you're you're supposed to get the sense that they're very like they're very shrewd, that they have a lot of business acumen. And so for them it's like, well, presenting it which gender is gonna get me what I want. Mm-hmm. But they themselves are kind of non-binary. Don't perceive <laughs> me, I have no pronouns. Like- <laughs> Yeah. To a certain extent, to a certain extent. And then it gets, like, really weird if you finish the series. Um, but, yeah, Cause, like... Yeah, because, like, yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tamaki. You yeah. Know, the, the, the protagonist, quote-unquote. The, not the protagonist. The, 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 lo- the main love interest yeah. uh, is, like, uh, trying to, to feminize them. And it's, yeah. like that's if they don't want to do that don't force them that's kind of a yikes i do not like but um but yeah no it's it's interesting like it's my 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 sister's favorite show and i'm willing to to work watch through it for her um are are we having a your fave is problematic moment (laughs) (laughs) it is a little bit (laughs) um but um and then like there's there's uh oh god what's his name there's the um the we're totally not incestuous twins yeah um which is another kind of yikes um there's hey, utena it rhymes <laughs> it's like poetry <laughs> um and, and then there's like oh i'm actually 18 but i look like i'm fucking 6 oh yeah yeah oh. there's that honey senpai um so that's kind of yikes but (sighs) i think it is kind of a yikes bingo (laughs) but then it's like all the characters have like some really endearing qualities oh they do they certainly do yeah and they have snappy and witty dialogue Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. dub is really well done so you're like this they're breaking the fourth wall constantly too yeah Um, and they're fucking easy to cosplay you know (laughs) And you, you, if you and each, if you had a group of friends going to an anime convention, you could each pick like what you want to be. Like, there's so many things that are going for it, but it's like, it's definitely one of those, like, if you stare too long at this, uh, it will break you and enrage you. Um, Mm, Yeah. So that's, that is the problem with it or on high host club. And there, but there's so, and like the other thing about it is like, there's so much swag 
You know what I mean? Like there's just so much like schmoo or swag, however you want to say it, but like stuff you can get. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you go to an anime convention and you're like walking, you're trolling along the dealer's room. That's true. You can get like wall scrolls and pencil sets and like stationery and like whatever the fuck you want. I'll, I'll always have something I can get my sister for, for yeah. a present. It's yeah. like, what, come home with a Kyoya body pillow for her. It's like, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah but it, it is definitely one of those things where you're just like oof that's gonna be a no it's like a no for me yeah. dog mm. <laughs> yeah like the dad I, I don't know like they work he works at like a nightclub mm-hmm. so yeah he's, he's kind of like a, a drag performer maybe but he's also like out cross-dressing outside of performing like just going to the grocery store yeah so it's like what yeah he doesn't he he uses he him pronouns and cross-dresses that's the way that that gender seems to be presented yeah. but it's also like is it being played for laughs or what like because yeah. anytime you see someone like a, a guy or someone that is presenting or or like coded as male in a dress it's like are you doing this for laughs or are you saying that at the expense of trans women like what what are you doing what are you trying to say with this this bit uh and that's kind of where i'm like at with that yeah um but i guess i i I don't think he's a major character i don't think we're gonna see a lot of him he's like really yeah (laughs) yeah i think the that episode i I think he comes up like a handful of times to just kind of be like, oh hey, warm remember father me? figure. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's about it. I don't think you see him really. I don't think you see him that much again. Mm-hmm. Um. It's such a weird show. It's such a fucking weird show. It is. Uh, I, how it's not as long as Utena. I don't think. I think it's uh, only twenty four episodes, right? Yeah. Um. It's it's pretty short. But uh, it's not something that uh, I would probably watch on my own. Mm. Uh, but it is something that I'm going to watch with my sister because that's what she wants to do. And I am happy to oblige her. Yeah, it's 26 episodes. 26 episodes. So, okay. Yeah. So not quite as long. Um, not quite as long. But it'll probably take me about the same amount of time because I'm only watching her with her like two episodes at a time. And I'm binging through Utena like, you know, fucking popcorn like it's going out of business it's going out of style like those well, dvds this... are 60 dollars, and you got to give them back to your friend yep. um... but i picked them up for five bucks on youtube and if you're if that deal is still going on so can you um uh, it just it just makes me so sad anyway <laughs> but yeah so that's that's basically what i've been on uh this past two weeks is i've been uh weeping it up uh, out here nice uh so uh, how about how about y'all two? You do anything new and interesting and exciting? Uh, or... I have things. I you have, have things. thoughts and feelings that I wanted to share oh, and express yeah. on the podcast. Um, apparently, and this is something we talked about um, before the podcast. Yeah, they, yeah. They are rebooting, or not rebooting, they're remaking The King and I. Yes. 
Are they and... going to cast a tie actor or are they just going to resurrect Yul Brenner from the grave? <laughs> Man, I was going to make that same joke. Where then I saw that you did that in the um, in the chat you were having with Elise. I was like, damn it. Um, <laughs> just bring back Yul. He can play, he can play the king for what? A third time? <laughs> so <sighs> anyway, so apparently I was, I did some digging. I did some digging. Apparently Dig Temple Hill um has okay so temple hill productions has now purchased the rights for specifically the musical rights uh for the wizard of oz and the kink and i and they're working really closely with concord concord theatricals which is where you license um where you can license music one of the one of the places where you can license musical the rights to musicals um I guess, man, that took me a really long time to say. Um, (laughs) The Concord Theatricals. Concord Theatricals is interesting because they recently, um, they really recently merged like within the last two years with Samuel French and the Rodgers and Hammerstein collection. So now they're really trying to become the big player opposite um, Musical Theater International or MTI, who has the entire Disney collection um and a lot of other contemporary musicals so they're really kind of duking it out to see who's going to kind of come on top of the theater licensing wars that are happening right now and so in the theater world we had this recent huge merger between um samuel french the rogers and hammerstein collection and dramatics i think and so now they've been rebranded as concord theatricals and apparently concord is very interested in working directly with paramount and temple um, and Temple Hill to do to make these um, remakes of classic Hollywood musicals that we all know and love. So here's the problem. <laughs> here's the pro- what's the problem? In, in, I mean, in addition to like, it is kind of fucked up that you basically have like really you like. Okay, so I'm. This is like a quick aside for like nobody's gonna find this important except for like me and like a half a dozen other theater majors. Um, <laughs> But it is kind of fucked up that in order to license, and you have to think about like every community theater, every K-12 school theater, private and public, every children's summer camp, every college, right? Every college pre-professional program in the country Mm -hmm. and actually around the world because like they hold the rights, um, they often hold the rights, the international rights for these shows as well you really only have two choices to license Mm. your show from unless you're going to license something original or directly from a um, directly from a playwright. You basically have two choices. Like there was another company that's like trying that holds the rights to Adams, the Adams family musical and um, big fish. And I can't remember the name of that company right now, but they're kind of a non-player because they really only have about a dozen or so titles. Um, but we're talking like re and really they don't have to compete with each other in a lot of ways because MTI has made their entire catalog about contemporary musicals and Concords has very much grounded themselves in the golden age musical right Mm -hmm. in taking over the entirety of the Rogers and Hammerstein collection um, and like Wizard of Oz and all of those. Right. So they really, they're not really competing. So I mean, you've got your monopolies. Yeah. They, they've essentially monopolized 
theater in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the problem is, is that most theater in America is nonprofit, Um, you know, either because of schools or community theaters or because of um, most theaters are just outside of Broadway are nonprofits um, because they can't really be depended on to turn a profit. And so they've basically monopolized um, they've monopolized the theatrical rights and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's already stupidly expensive um, Mm -hmm. to get the rights to any of these shows. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years, Um, especially as you get more and more schools and more and more community theaters back to doing what they love um, in the post-apocalyptic times, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in the post-COVID times, like, I mean, they stand to make a fortune. And now Concord is licensing licensing some of their most um, lucrative titles exclusively to Paramount and Temple Hill, um, which is like the production company that's working underneath, um, which is working underneath Paramount. Right. All of this is to say is... There's been some talk and some people have had have been attached to the Wizard of Oz project. Um, no one has been officially attached uh, to the King and I right now. Um, with that said, <laughs> with that said, with that said, I your cast I, is <laughs> I am one of those people I used to very much be like of the mindset of the King and I just needs to stay in the past like there. Nobody has any business like reviving it nobody has any business like doing a community theater production and then like i was talking i was talking with an ex-boyfriend um who's who's a black director black theater director and he was like no there's really something there's something there um there's something in the king and i and he's like i think it really boils down to the direction i ended up actually watching um he directed a version of the king and i and i ended up watching it i really liked it Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something to what he's saying. This is a very smart man who like knows his shit. Like he knows his shit. He knows musical theater and he's, he's a very talented actor and director. And yeah. And like, he really changed my mind about the King and I, um, I is think it like a way of decolonizing it or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, I think there's some things, there's some angles that you have to play up. Um, if you you have to make it set um you have to do your casting in such a way that anna and the king are very much on even footing Mm -hmm. um there are certain characters that you can pitch in a way or direct in such a way that like anna anna becomes like becomes a colonizer who learns her lesson. Does that make sense? She gets strung up in the town square. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's right in Hammerstein. We can only go so far. But like, you have to, you have to, you have to, um, I mean, as long as you don't go like the last samurai route where like the white foreigner is a better Thai person than the king of Siam. Right. Like, like, and it's, and it is like a fine, it is like a fine line. Right. Yeah. Um, but you do, she does have to go through, like, she has to be humbled. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like, like you have to start her off in a certain way and then humble her as she goes along. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think, but 
all of this and granted this was many many years ago because like clearly i've been with this asshole for a while i'm sorry i love you <laughs> um <laughs> you know so it was it was a few years ago at this point but um yeah like i i don't know i think i think there might be something i think you could maybe and maybe like maybe i'm in a, a white maybe i'm a white person who's just talking out of their ass right um you know but there is like there's a song and it's really you'd really there's one song that you would have to redo but you have to keep in it um and it's this song and it's so i'm gonna say it and you're gonna be like oh my god elise i, I can't believe but like there's a song there's a song in the king and i that usually gets cut mm-hmm. um and and fair it's it's fair that you would cut it because it is kind of written in that like stereotypical Asian dialect that people used to use to kind of make fun of people from Asia. Um, And so often people get cut, but the theme of that song is fuck white people. You're just as dumb as the rest of us. (laughs) Like, like the theme, it's one of those things where it's like, if you get too hung up on the accents, Western people funny. Yeah. Western people funny. That's the song. And it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to defend it because it should not sound the way that it sounds but when you if you were to just read the lyrics like the theme of the song is like you know like fuck these colonizers for coming into our our country and telling us how to live when they're you know they do all of these horrendous and barbaric things too Mm-hmm. So it's addressing the irony. So that's one of the ones where I'm like, it's how do you do that? How do you handle that song? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because I think if you're if you're gonna update the king and I, you have to at least keep that core idea in there. Yeah. That needs to be a part of your theming and it needs to be part of your ideas surrounding the play. Um, but you can't do it in the way that it's originally written. No. So I, I think it's one of those things. I think it's one of those projects where it could be really good. It could be kind of, if it is something that wants to be reclaimed by somebody, if somebody feels very strongly that they want to reclaim it and redo it and make it a worthy project, I think that's correct. I think, and I think there is somebody in Hollywood that would be willing to do it. And I think it's John Chu. Um, so John Chu wrote, or not wrote, um, John H2 or John M2. I always forget his middle initial. Um, if it's if this Wikipedia article I'm looking at is anything to go by, it's M. Okay. So John M2, he was the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, and he specifically names, um, he has a very interesting relationship with music. He specifically names, um, golden age of Hollywood musicals as some of his key influences. Like he actually names Wizard of Oz as one of his influences. Um, He does a really, he has a really deft hand when it comes to pop music needle drops in film. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that's really interesting about the Crazy Rich Asians uh, soundtrack is that it is completely made of covers of, um, it's made of, predominantly i want to say like they use a lot of like chinese and korean and um japanese pop artists and they uh cover 
um, songs. So, and that's what's used in in the the movie to um, score the movie. And he does it in a really beautiful way. Um, if you want to go digging, the Atlantic um, did an interesting article about him and his use of the Coldplay song "Yellow," um, mm. which gets used in in the in the film in a very interesting way. And he like specifically talks about how that was a word he wanted to reclaim, and that was a song that he was deeply uncomfortable with for a really long time, and he wanted to come up with a way that kind of reclaimed it and so he uses it as part of like the emotional denouement from the big fallout in the climactic scene of the movie so um if if you're going to do it yeah and i'm not saying necessarily that you should um (laughs) or that anyone should or that this isn't like a huge folly but i think it's it's going to be one of those things that will be easily fucked up Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no. You know, if you (laughs) fucking, if you take The King and I and go to any of the, like, stable of um, white dudes who direct musicals, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if you take it and you go to, like, Tom Hooper, um, but I think after Cats, like, nobody's going to let him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What was wrong with Cats? Like, I don't think anybody's going to let him, but, like, like Rob Marshall or... um, I'm trying to think of like a couple of other, but like there's like a stable, right? Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann should not be anywhere near the King and I ne- and King and I remake. And I say that as somebody who likes Baz Luhrmann. Um, but I think, I think if you're very sensitive about the director choice, and I feel very strongly that it should be John M. Chu. Um, I think if you're very sensitive about that, I think if you're sensitive about the casting choices, I, I think it be could be cool. Um, the other flip side of this is like the Thai government fucking hates that musical. Well, um, I, I can I can't imagine why. <laughs> I know, I know, but like they have like specifically, like they um, like they have specifically condemned the musical and its portrayal. Of, and I mean, like to be fair, like fair, like mm-hmm. fair, bra. Like it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I say to an entire government of a of a nation. Um, what so about I, what about like a like hmm. a retelling? Like not not a straight up re like just a reboot of it, but like a retelling from a more Thai perspective? So I think you could do that. And I mm-hmm. think you would have to pick and I I feel like I know the character. I'm gonna look up the um if you're going if you're going to re if you're going to do that. Okay. And I think that that's like a, a very valid way to go. Um, man, I'm going to be looking at this cast list and I'm just going to be like, fuck, that's right. Their names, um, <laughs> you know, God, I mean, thing's... you could just not, you can always you just not could always like, just not like that's, that's kind of where I'm coming down on this. Like I, I, I'm very appreciative of how much thought you put into it, but it's like, is the King and I really worth all of these hoops to jump through. That is true. Like, um, I remember when they like, and I feel like we've kind of burned it out. Like I I was looking this up earlier. Cause I'm like, didn't we just have a remake of that? And no, it happened in 1999. But the reason why I felt like it just happened is because in 1999, we got 
the live action version with um, Jodie Foster and Chow Yun Fat. We got an animated version. And then the following year, there was yet another animated version. (laughs) So like we had three versions of this story in two years in the early 2000s. It's just like, what was happening? We're like, was the CIA like planting propaganda, like trying to convince people to invade Thailand? Like, I don't understand <laughs> why we needed three versions of, of the King and I in two years. So and what years were these? 99 and 2000. Um, I think what was if going you were on to in do Thailand that, in 2000, you would have to focus on the young lovers. I think if you're going to redo The King and I from the perspective of um, of one of the characters, if you're going to remake it from the perspective to make it more sensitive, um, I think, and God, it's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> None of this is fine. But you'd have to you'd have to do it from the perspective of Tough Tim. Um, and to be fair, like she and her love interest get like one of the best duets in the musical. Um, And it's really, really pretty. So I, I think if you were going to do it, you would have to center it around them Um, and make kind of Anna and the King sort of ancillary characters um, and have it be about, about her Um, and trying to figure out like her journey and what does she want to do? Does that make sense? I mean, I'm not as familiar with the characters or the actual musical. Like, I've seen the movie a long ass time ago. Yeah. Like, I must, I must have been in like middle school, so it's yeah. it's been a hot minute. Um, and there's there's a lot of yikes. Um, I'm sure there. I'm sure if I were to watch it again, I'd be like, yeah. No, and it's and it's fair. So but and, and yeah, so day, but if, not... if that's what you think would be the the most appropriate way to do it, then you yeah. you'd know better than I would probably. Yeah, but I'm also not Asian. Like, well, I'm not Asian I'm either. I'm also not Thai. Like, <laughs> I'm really fucking white. Like, you know, and all of this is to say, like, at the end of the day, you probably shouldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at the, at the end of the day, you probably shouldn't do it. I'm saying if if you're gonna fucking do it, and a lot of people have a lot of money to make and quite frankly like as discussed earlier even though concord theatricals has basically made a monopoly um on theaters they're hurting for cash right now because very few people are um you know very few people are doing shows um and very little of their catalog is actually licensed why why is that do you think why i know right it's interesting (laughs) um but very very little of their catalog is available for virtual performances and they've been kind of hesitant um to release licenses to virtual performances um and so they have like a fuck ton of money to gain if paramount keeps buying up their rights and and doing these things so it could be it could be one of those things where you know we it could end up being one of those things where like you know we hear about it people trash it and it doesn't happen it's it's really it's going to go one of three ways either it's going to die in development or it's 
going or we're going to get like, you know, fucking, is it Gary Marshall? I think he's the one that did like, you know, um, Gary Marshall or Tom Hooper, one of those fucks is going to get their hands on it and just, and it's going to be an Emily Blunt shit show of a movie with starring James Corden shoehorned in somewhere. Oh yeah. He's the king. Um, no, no, no. They're going to cast Lin-Manuel Miranda because, oh. you know, close enough. Oh God. Um, You're right. <laughs> as the king. Oh my God. And James Corden is going to be the ambassador. That is like the shit show. Oh God. <laughs> so, oh, and then the third universe option, the third universe option is we get it. it they get a good director. The, the casting is very thoughtful. Um, the retelling of it is very thoughtful and we get an interesting, beautiful reclaimed movie. But those are your three choices. <laughs> know that the one in the middle is the worst. I mean, you could, again, <laughs> there's also option four where they could just decide to not. No, I said like oh, that was, sorry. that was option one. Is that was it option dies, one. Okay. It dies in development. Okay. Option two sorry, is uh, starring Emily Blunt, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda and James Corden as directed by Gary Marshall. I, I think option one is the most likely. Option yeah. two is the second most likely, if like, I'm perfectly op- honest. Option three is a reach. But if you're going to do it, it's the best. It's the best option is to get someone like John M. Chu in there to direct it and um, do something really interesting and beautiful with the casting and make it make it sensitive, work with the Thai government and try to reclaim the musical. Because I mean, like I, I could have danced all night does slap. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will. I, uh, I. I. I don't know. I don't know about that. I will say, going back to Nick's comment about what was going on in Thailand in two thousand, two thousand ninety nine. Um, oh I my will God, say, is there that... some potential like <laughs> truth to my conspiracy theory? Uh, in two thousand one, the Thai Rak Thai Party um, swept into power in a landslide victory, and this neo nationalist, populist, center right, right wing party comes to power where uh, Thraxin um, Shinawarta introduces what has an in- its own Wikipedia article as Thraxinomics, oh um, which is basically putting Mor- Morgan Stanley's economist in charge of the economy. Um, <laughs> so, so I was right. So there may be <laughs> so, something. So the CIA, like this was part of a CIA op. Mm-hmm. And, like, and they remained in power until uh, 2006 when it, the coup happened. It's, you know, it's that just, one. it's just been in my brain. Like, <laughs> because I, for, I've never seen it, but for some reason, the fucking trailer, it, because it is like the Anna and the King, like the 1999 Anna and the King movie trailer. It must've been on a VHS that I owned. I can't remember. It was not a musical. No, it was not just a musical. For, just for the record. But it was, it was like, like one of those, like a shitty Oscar bait movie. Like, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's something that some producer is like, this is going to win a whole mess of Oscars. And like, they spend money on like big name stars and like location shots and like maybe a decent like DP, but then like they run out of money for like an actual director and they just hire someone whose work previous to this was like directing the adventures of Briscoe County jr. <laughs> Which is not an exaggeration. I was looking at that guy's IMDb page. It's like I directed three episodes of Texas yeah. Walker Ranger. And like after, and after that he directed things like 
pitch. So it's oh like, no, but like you have like a huge like blitz marketing campaign and it's just like for your consideration. It's Jody just Foster. like Jodie Foster, Xiao Yun Fat. And there's like it's the, the title like shines in Anna and the like that, that voice in that trailer has been burned into my mind and i don't remember why but it's like that movie was fucking everywhere in 1999 and then there was an animated movie later that same year and apparently the next year there was yet another animated version of the king and i (laughs) it's just like why why like it's literally the, the the only time i have ever thought about that story was in those two years yeah anyway i will say that looking at thraxonomics uh it it's described as populist so it has like a mixture of right and left kind of things Mm. so like there's some things that we could probably like like a four-year debt memorandum on farmers um But I... And a policy of public health. So they introduced what's called the 30 bots universal health care system, which guarantees universal health care coverage, coverage for just 30 bot, which is about 0.95. It's about 95 cents yeah. to right. visit one of their hospitals. Um, and it's like it's now their version of universal health care. So like, yeah, Thailand under under uh, Thrax doing better for health care than the United States right now. I mean, um, but I, I that's wonder... a low bar. But then I they're wonder... also like increasing like cart. They made cartels for exporting rubber and like it's just all export economy kind of stuff. So, OK, so it's interesting that you bring that up because this is my conspiracy theory is mm-hmm. that. Um, because this is a thing that we see happen with the CIA is you get a, a spur of left-wing optimism on the ground in a country mm-hmm. and then, oh, all of a sudden <laughs> center right, you know, or far right, um, at least like conservative, uh, government comes in and sweeps the election, mm-hmm. um, as aided by the US CIA. Like <laughs> and and then like in 2006, you know, they in 2005 they won again and then in 2006 the military was like now no. Yeah. No time military is going to take and over. And CIA right now. was like, "Listen, we already spent all that money on Anna and the King, like we can't." <laughs> Do you have any idea how much money Chow Yun Fat draws in 1999? <laughs> so I guess the question is, what's going on in Thailand now now that this is coming back into the news? Right. Are they going to try again? <laughs> this is why we're getting all the noise about about the King and I. This is this is this is just a spillover from what's going on in Myanmar right now. Yeah. Is is they're 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 set in the field. The the stuff's going on in Myanmar, the coup's going on in Myanmar, right next door to to, to Thailand. They're getting the king and I ready to come out again. Uh, <laughs> that one used to be part of Siam too, right? Yeah, close enough. Is Jodie Foster still around? Can she fit into that dress again? Oh god. Uh, uh, that's that's what's happening. I, I just I do like the idea of like some uh, natsec poly- like natsec like agent uh, in the Pentagon being like, we got it. We got to bring out uh, King and I again. We gotta <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get involved. Some, like, what do you What do you know about Bangkok? Well, I know 
um, One Night in Bangkok from Chess, <laughs> and I know The King and I. All right, well, I don't think anyone's going to be performing gonna play better. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be performing Chess anytime soon, so I guess we better go with The King and I. God, I would we love need a to family-friendly s- Oscar bait film to, <laughs> to get the American people on our side. I kind of want to watch Chess, like... like i've read through the wikipedia like um run through of it it's like it looks like a interesting play or a musical but like the Uh, only thing that anyone knows about it is one night in bangkok the Um, um most recent revivals starred josh grubin um and the soundtrack is on spotify or the original or not the well i mean the the original original Broadway cast recording. It's not really an original because it's mm-hmm. a revival, but yeah. The original um, revival cast recording. Yeah. Uh he's you know, it's it's pretty good. Um it's weird. <laughs> it's 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 one well, of the things. Well it's like it's like Cold War like posturing, but Yeah, it's chess. Cold War posturing um as told through chess games. Yeah. Um, as many things in theater, it's like, this is a neat idea. <laughs> you could only do this. You could only do this as a stage play. Like nobody's watching this film. No. <laughs> um, cause a lot of it is like just, uh, male tenors going at it, uh, singing character. I want songs about chess. <laughs> like just to be clear, <laughs> that is the musical. Well, sounds sounds like <laughs> something I want to see. <laughs> I didn't go like like I said like I know at least the the Broadway revival. Um, if you have Spotify, it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's I mean it's good. I mean Josh Groban has people have mixed feelings. <laughs> people have strong mixed feelings about Josh Groban and has uh, a voice and Broadway musicals. Um, but you know, it's fine. Oh, did you ever listen to, to the the uh, comet, the Great Comet? No, not musical? the whole way through. No, oh, no, okay. no. But you did. I, you at I, least listened to the opening number, which is the best number. Yes, I have. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, that's the. See, I, I'm I'm kind of in a like mind space where like I get that you you can listen to just listen to the music from a musical and like get the plot, but it's like I I want to see it with my eyeballs. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe that's like weird, but I mean, apparently like, listen, (laughs) a lot of those, like most, most shows nowadays do have like a recording of them somewhere. Mm Um, and maybe, I mean, I don't know. Everybody is like, well, with Hamilton, maybe we'll get more on the mainstream. And I'm like, probably not. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) Sometimes these things find their way onto Pornhub. Oh, that <laughs> is true. Like, that is true. You know, so I mean, I or you know, if depending on how great of a quality you want, you could find a community theater or a school production of chess on YouTube. I'll, like, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you have to search for on Pornhub to find that? <laughs> <laughs> two male tenors going at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. That was much better than what I had. <laughs> what did you have, Nick? I was, I was going to say, a uh, room full of people spend $750 to get fucked. 
<laughs> I don't know. But yeah, two two male tenors going at it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Who can get to the D first? <laughs> the answer is high D. Anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll just see myself out. But anyway, and then it was my very silly comment, um, which maybe I shouldn't repeat, but uh was like, what are they trying to do here? Like they're trying to build like the the musical cinematic universe. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. with with like crossovers and things. Like, is this all gonna lead up to some sort of like Avengers assemble? Uh, it it really- like like Golden Age of Hollywood musical ver- uh, crossover epic where yeah. like everybody has to come together to save like the Von Trapp family. It will in the mind of some coked adult eighty year old <laughs> studio executive. <laughs> But that it's just not going to materialize. <laughs> like it, it's it's just it's. I mean, like his Paramount just like were they the one? No, that was Universal. Yeah, the Universal um, Monster had the monster they, movie. They have tried so many goddamn times to make a Universal Monster movie shared universe, and the only time that it worked was like 1941, and they haven't been able to get it to work since then. But like, is Paramount? Oh is Paramount just like well? I want an MCU. Yeah. I want a DCU. I mean, Paramount, like... Paramount would love to have an MCU. Paramount would love to have like anything that anyone wanted to watch. I mean, I guess maybe that's the real reason why we're getting the King and I remake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, are they like musicals could have a shared universe? <laughs> I mean, I, well, I found, I found like I told, like, oh, sorry. I was like, like I told you in Messenger, it sounds like there's a niche that you need to fill on AO3. And, uh... <laughs> I, in all seriousness, like it's from, I, I found out recently that um, CBS and Paramount like split up, like, cause they had gotten too big or something. And so they split up into two separate things. And then Paramount realized that the only thing that they owned the rights mm. to that anyone gave a shit about was Star Trek. And the only things that anyone has been doing with Star Trek has been TV shows. And so like CBS has been bringing in the money for that. And Paramount's they're like, oh, baby, come back. I didn't need it. Take me back. So like they're getting back together. Like literally these companies just split up like a few years ago. And now they're getting back together because of Star Trek. Um Okay. And that's why that's why CBS All Access is going to become like Paramount Plus or something like that. Oh, because that did freak me out. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm not buying another fucking like subscription. Yeah, no, we already get that one. It's just service. they're going to change the name oh and like God. expand the things that they have. Oh my God, they're going to turn The King and I into like a nine part like uh, prestige television miniseries. Okay, actually, yeah, that that's oh. like that's option four, and now I think that <laughs> one's the most likely. <laughs> I feel so bad that I spoke that into the universe. Yeah, when that happens, we're all going to have you to blame. It's okay. See, the nice thing about doing like doing it like that though is you can cast TV actors who don't have to be like big names, so you don't have to worry about like the casting mm. for it as much. You just find whoever. <sighs> anyway. Uh. We've gone over two hours. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I just had a lot to say about the King and I remake. Yeah. And now I feel really shamed. I feel really ashamed of my opinions. 
now that I've like spoken them out loud and had them recorded for posterity, I'm I like, mean, you shouldn't have said that. Having, Elise. An, having an opinion about a musical <laughs> is is a shame worthy offense to begin with. I will say, I think there's a, at least one listener that really likes musicals out there. So if you're listening, friend, this, this is, is for, for you. you. <laughs> but um, but in any case, uh, I think. I think that's that's all the time we should have for tonight. It yeah, is it's getting kind of late. Here. No, it's fine. Um, but we'll definitely have more to talk about next time about Utena and other things. Um, looking forward to to seeing your thoughts, Nick. Um, hey, did you ever finish watching Sabrina? Oh, whoops. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, no, just I thought I would bring it up. No, 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 no connection there. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, I think that's all the time we have. So, good night, everybody. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we've been some nerds have a podcast. You all take care. <laughs>